Warning, the following content may contain elements that are not suitable for some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Scream, it's the Taz Show. Everybody hacking, everybody just wants more with the action. Hip hop Jones got the music blasting. Better watch out, it's all he's asking. Over like Rover, he keeps it real, he's no joker. Original, he's no poser, no competition, he's the owner. There I'm moving speakers closer, cause it's time to tune in to the Taz Show. All right. All right, we're gonna rock and roll. Yep. Yep. You got a little uh, little Wednesday action, Wednesday edition of the Taz Show, live right now on the Radio.com app. You can listen there every day or listen live at TazShow.com. If you're doing either of those, thank you. You can also watch live at TazShow.com. Thank you for that. Or listen on demand at TazShow.com. iTunes, Spotify, tune in. Or the Radio.com app. You can, you know, that Radio.com app is awesome and has become the home, along with Cashshow.com, which in essence is the same thing, but you could do that via mobile with the app, Radio.com app. So whatever. Thank you for pulling the show into your daily life uh, or weekly listen to me, or maybe you listen like one show a month, which would mean you kind of think I'm good. Like if you listen every day, that means you love me. Or you watch over there. That means you love me a lot. You love me a lot. If you listen, if you watch every day, you love me a lot. If you listen every day, you love me. Now, Dennis Jones, the biz dev guy of the show, audio producer, this is where it gets funky. If you listen on demand, like to the podcast version of the show, and you do that, let's say, two times a week, you really like me. If you watch some video on demand, you really watch me. But if you are one of those guys or girls who listens to this show once a month, then you think I suck and you hate me. That's just the truth. Do you agree with all that that breakdown? Um, I I agree with all of it except the last part because they're still listening. I wouldn't say they hate you. You're more of like a uh, I want to say you're like a booty call. Why? <laughs> That was funny. Why um why do you sound over my not over why do you sound like Anthony distorted in my headsets? Is there a reason for it? Ooh. Uh we gotta talk to an audio producer. Oh, wait a minute. My bad. Um You actually Oh smiley face chubster. Look at you. Happy motherfucker. We're gonna get into this. Okay, we're gonna get into this. Oh yeah. Yeah, look at you. Sitting there. Shit-eating grin on your face, you prick. Look at you. Look at you. Oh, yeah, you're happy. You're happy, 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 happy. I don't give a shit how happy you are. Enough. Grow up. So you want a baseball game. We'll get into it in a second. I'm a Yankee hater. No, I'm not. I'm a Dennis hater. So if you want to call the show, good luck. You can call the show uh, like you can do every day at 866-475-2948. That's an 866-475-2948. Uh, 
We're going to talk a little bit of baseball about the Yankees and the Indians. We'll talk a little bit of that. We're going to definitely talk some SmackDown Live, a good chunk of that, because I did watch about 95% of SmackDown Live. Baseball is easy. To flip flack, flip back and forth to baseball, to wrestling, or baseball and anything is easy. Because baseball is arguably the slowest fucking game in the world next to golf. So you you can flip back and forth. You can, you can watch like at 45 minutes of wrestling and, 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 and miss an inning. And that's kind of what happened yesterday. Well, it's good Lord. I, I, I got to get this really quick here. Just, Dennis, I need you back here on camera. I, I got to look at your face through this. Let's be honest. That first inning when the Indians were up, you and all the Yankee fans were shitting a brick. Um, at three nothing, I was I was discouraged. I I was texting Seth and I said, if they get down five nothing, it's over. Luckily, Severino, Severino sucked. Okay, thanks not, for coming. Not good. Wow. Yeah, not bad good. Day yeah, bad day. He had a bad day. He's a really great pitcher, but he had a he had a, just. A bad day to have a bad day. You know what I mean? And and I think this is where Joe Girardi is an excellent manager. He knew it. He did not, you know, and that's got to be tough. But he's your guy. He's your starter. He's a huge part of your success, Severino. And now you got to pull him on, on the biggest stage, right? You got to pull him. It's got to suck for Girardi. So, but I like Girardi as a manager. You know, the way he is at the Delta Club with the, the kids, uh, the way his family acted, that's a whole nother story. Okay, they tortured me over that. Tortured. I told that story a few times. Still upset over that. It was years ago. Control your kids, sir. <laughs> His kids are probably like in college now. <laughs> this is a long time ago. How long has he been the manager of the Yankees? Uh, since 08, so. Yeah, nine, he was the manager. Uh, this happened in 08. How about that? Um, I, don't even, I don't know. I, I think it was 08, 08, 06, 09, 02. I don't know what it was. Anyway. Uh, Severino, yeah, he completely shit the bed. And, um, you know, look, I got to say, you got to give the Yankees credit. I mean, if, if you're not a Yankee fan, you know, you got to give them credit because I've watched enough baseball. It's a great activity. And I've watched enough baseball to realize that, you know, when you get down a few runs, it's a tough sport. I said sport. Take that out of the podcast version of the show, please, then let's make a mark of that and go to that. Thank you. That means it'll never happen. When he starts writing, folks, nothing happens. I'm taking lunch menus. No, you're writing. Taz is an asshole. That's what you're writing. Taz, you're a douche. That's and you and you just read you read it to yourself. That's what you're doing. But you treat me like an asshole. (laughs) So, 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 (laughs) I'll never forget that. So, (laughs) can't throw me off. I'm in a, a role here, son. So anyway, um, yeah, the Yankees coming back from in the first inning, you know, uh, it was impressive. I, you know, I mean, yeah, it's early in the game, but baseball's tough to score runs. That's inside terms of points, by the way. Um, a lot of people don't realize that. You got points in basketball. You got points in football. You got points in the hockey, lacrosse, the soccer. But in baseball, they call it runs. That's what they call it. Runs. They call it runs. So, yeah, that's it. Um, it's tough. It's tough to score runs in baseball. Really, that's why most baseball games are not high-scoring contest games. You know, they're just... <laughs> yeah, excuse me. They're not. Most. Most aren't. 
right? You don't see you don't see double digit scores usually in baseball, right? And you agree with this? Oh, definitely. It like on a rare day you'll get two teams that score like eight runs each against each other. Overmodulating Jones. I guess it's my headsets. Um but thanks for sharing it. Good job, buddy. In and out. That's Anthony's gimmick. He's in and out. I'm never Never overstates his welcome. He dips in and out. And then his boy toy, Dennis, abuses him on the sound. Um what's the matter? You have a problem? No, I don't I don't abuse him. Taz, you're interacting with the producers. I love when you do this. That's great because they're gone by Monday. All right, so uh, the Yankees win the game. It was impressive. The Aaron Judge, Yankee fans, Dennis, Seth, you're all welcome. I did lift. I did lift the epoxy I had on him weeks ago. Now I will let your big giant number 99 go and just hit line drive home runs like it's nobody's business. Guy's an animal. I got to be honest with you. The guy is strong as shit. You know, he's up at the plate. He, it, it, you know, he's a giant man. I, he's just, he's bigger than everyone. My son went, uh, actually, the last Yankee game we went to, you, you guys were at, you and Seth were at. Well, that, was, that was a couple months ago, right? The yeah, that was, a, that was a day game, a Wednesday day game, I want to say. And he said, my kid goes, he goes, Dad, he goes, when this guy's at the plate and you're in the stadium, he goes, he, he's just not just at the plate. He goes, he's just bigger than everybody. Like he said, <laughs> He said it's like obvious. I've never been to a live Yankee game where Aaron Judge was playing, so I've never seen him on the field live. But but does he have that aura? Like he's just just a just like a giant man. Yeah, he's got he's got that presence where like if he's on deck and you know he's coming up, it's it's must see. Yeah, and it's it's a must see at bat. And when he steps in the box, you know he's. I remember when he first when the season started and he was and he got on that tear. They were comparing well, let me, him. Let me help. Some, let me help. Let me help people out because you're, you're saying you're just throwing out inside terms. The box. So for those non-baseball fans or people that are from the UK, okay, <laughs> with the box. That's messed up. The box. <laughs> okay, it's the box is basically uh, an area each side of home plate where the batter stands. He has to stay in this box with his feet. He can't step out of the box when he swings. So it's a box, like a rectangle, on each side of the plate. So if you're a lefty, you stand on the left side of the plate. If you're a righty, you stand on the right. It's genius stuff. Continue. So when he gets in there, he's a monster. He's like 6'7", 275, 280. And when the season started, they were comparing him. uh, They do like the side-by-sides of him and Gronk. And like Gronk's a dominant Mm. tight end. And this guy's guy's playing baseball at at a tight end size. It's – he's – He's, a he's, not as thick. He's, he's not as he's not as thick as Gronk. You know, obviously most football players are thicker built. Obviously, they train, they lift different. Where baseball players have that more of an aesthetic attempt of a physique, where many of them just aren't athletes anyway. But at this level, they are. Um, you know, it's funny. You said how big he is at six seven and change. And I'm thinking in my prime when I went to WWE as a wrestler, like that was the average size of the guy. Guys, you know, six five, you know, six five, six four, you know, two eighty, and here I come, you know, six one, you know, two fifty. Six one, don't sell yourself short. Why is this? Don't call me short. And I got the joke. Double entendre Jones. I, I didn't mean it as shit that. Head. It You're just worked head. out. You're a shithead. You're a shithead. You're a shithead. Okay, how's that? All right. 
I'm tired of it. I'm tired of everything going your way. Okay, it's not going the, my way. My Giants, the Giants are horrible. Well, the Giants suck. Yes, but 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 this this is what happens. I look, I, and I'm going to get into SmackDown. I talk wrestling. I will talk wrestling. Give me a sec. I have to get some stuff out. Okay, here's the thing. I, I grew up uh, a kid, you know, and, and it's like like most people. I grew up a kid. Um, I just got a text from Seth saying thank you for listening to Pac, lifting the pox off of number ninety nine, the hex. Um, I also think Dennis is not happy. I'm sorry, Seth is not happy. You might want to text him with the way I sound on air. So you might want to check with him on that. Okay, Dennis. Uh, but here's my thing. You can do that while I talk about this. So as I grew up a Met fan and a Jet fan my whole life, and then segued into being a Buffalo Bill fan, but I'm still a Met fan and proud. I have been around just the success my whole youth of the Yankees just completely killing it. I mean, dominant all those years. Mr. October, Reggie Jackson, number 44, just hitting home runs at a muck. All of the Billy Martin as the manager. You get Chris Chambers on first, Greg Nettles on third. I mean, Bucky Dennett, short. I mean, Mickey Rivers, all these great Yankees, the dominant years. I wasn't a Yankee fan. You know, and it was like, and, and all my friends were Yankee fans, family members, uh, people I went to, kids I went to school with, everybody's fucking Yankees. Oh, my God, stop. And then it just was constant. And then the, a lot of the Yankee fans were Giant fans because the Giants were very dominant in those, in those eras and much more than the Jets were. The Jets were like the blue-collar, just like the Met fans. They were blue-collar, lovable losers. And... Mets, Jets, that's basically what it was. And I, my family, we were in that realm. I was in that. My dad was a was a Mets fan, a big Mets fan, a Jeff fan. But my dad, God rest his soul, was a Brooklyn Dodger fan, you know, his whole life and his whole youth growing up in Brooklyn. Uh, and then when the Dodgers went to Los Angeles, you know, he became a Mets fan. You know, that's kind of, he wouldn't be, he would not become a Yankee fan. You know, it's just that's people from Brooklyn back in the day, they're not going to root for a team in the Bronx. That's just the way it was, you know. But um, and anyway, so so it, like we just kind of became I kind of just was raised a Mets fan. So been through the tortures of watching the Giants and the Yankees dominate uh, for years. And now seeing what happened yesterday. Now, well, OK, let me, let me back up a little couple more years ago. So a few years back, the Mets had great runs, World Series, show, all the success. And then I, I talked about it. I even talked about it on the show here. I'd walk around Manhattan, and now I'm seeing everybody in their mother is wearing raw blue med hats with an orange and white. This is what I see. And I could I could remember seeing all this for years with people wearing Yankee hats. Now all of a sudden, everybody's wearing med hats? Nobody's wearing med hats back in the day. Nobody. For years, nobody wore med hats. Front-running shit. That's what, that's what I'm talking about. So now you go to now, and the Yankees... Now, if you don't live in New York, you don't care about this. Sorry. But it's still, you know, I guess it's kind of news. Uh, not really news, but it's my news. Um, and so now, seeing the Yankee game last night at Yankee Stadium, how loud the people were, you could you could just feel the exuberance through the TV screen, you know? And uh, Yankee fans, like most teams, you know, most fans, uh, they're, they're passionate about their teams. And just like Yankee fans are the same way. And I could hear it through the television. I could 
feel it as the innings were going by and the Yankees then took the lead and, and they showed their dominance. Well, they, let's be honest, they were favored to win the game anyway with the pitching staff they have and the bats they have. I mean, you know, they were favored to win the game. They have the home field gimmick Jones, the whole deal, right? But they were favored to win the game, okay? And once you knew, like, I don't know, seventh inning, whatever the hell it was, you, you started to know the Yankees were going to win the game, okay? And now it's like a deal where, oh, I felt I'm like, son of a bitch, here it comes. Here it comes. I'm going to deal with just like my youth, the Yankee fans, cocky as hell. Cocky, arrogant, nasty, going to just be high on the hog. And, I, and then I'm like, ah, I, I work with these two guys here, like Dennis and Seth. And like they know I'm on to them, so they won't be over-the-top cocky, but I can sense the cockiness around it. And I noticed that in the shit eating grin when the show started from, from you, Dennis. It's just obvious. And I noticed it from Seth when he's texting me, the nasty texts and shit he's saying. He's being a wise ass already. Because he's cocky. That's why. Uh, Diff, I, don't, I can't speak for Seth, but I'm not cocky. What? I'm. <laughs> you speak as Seth. What do you mean you yeah. can't speak for Seth? Well, I'm cocky, yeah. What What of it? But I'm not. I don't smell it. I don't smell cocky. <laughs> P.U. I smell like uh-huh. that. I smell like kale, you prick. Sorry, he does love kale. Uh, I'm not cocky because Cleveland has been the best team in baseball for all of September. They've got an incredible lineup. The pitching staff is deep. So I'm very happy with the win. I don't want to say anything from here on out. It's icing on the cake, but mm. Cleveland, Cleveland makes me very nervous. And I mm. like being the underdog for once. The Yankees are always, you know... The big bad, evil empire, all this. Nah, for once we got youth. We've got we're coming in under the radar. I made an error before, by the way. You didn't stop me. Speaking of baseball, I made an error. I called I called the twins the uh Indians of uh, the, the game yesterday. I think I said something like that. That did, did, yeah, did I say that? Did I say the Yankees beat I said something like the Yankees beat the uh Indians? Didn't I say that yesterday a few minutes ago? I am not sure. You did mention Minnesota somewhere in your opening monologue. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's easy to confuse the Twins and the, and the Indians. Navy, blue, and red. It's really that simple. I go by colors. Similar colors. You're right. They're the same colors. They're not similar. They're the same colors. Sir. They're not similar colors. Navy, blue, and red. It's the same colors. The Yankees did defeat the Twins 8-4 to four in the American League wild card game. When and done, win, you're in, lose, do the job, go home, and play golf. So now the Yankees are the underdog uh, against the Tribe, the Indians. And they're playing, I think, Sunday and Monday, both at Yankee Stadium, correct? Yes. Game one is Thursday in Cleveland, then Friday in Cleveland, then a day off, then Sunday, Monday in the Bronx. I'm rooting for the Yankees. I'm in. I'm rooting for the Yankees. I I I said this months ago. I said it months ago. I'm rooting for the Yankees. I'm just letting you know, and I'm putting this to bed. I'm rooting for the Yankees. I'm pulling for you guys. Just don't act like assholes. That's all I'm saying. I'm not a Yankee fan, but I'm going to root for the Yankees to go all the way. Okay, just don't act like an asshole. Don't get cocky as you're getting the wins. Don't. All you Yankee fans, please be humble. Because look, remember not too long ago when the season started, which doesn't mean nothing now, everybody was saying the Mets are going all the way. Why am I looking at Dennis right now, Anthony? Why? Why? Well, thank you. I don't need to see Dennis anymore. I'm done. Done with Dennis. The whole show. So I heard it 
about the Mets. Oh my God, the pitching to this. We're going to be great. You guys are going to kill it. Oh, they're going all the way. Uh, World Series Jones, the whole nine yards. And then, whoop, thanks for coming. Everybody gets hurt, whole pitching staff. And then I heard uh, last night or today, whenever I heard it, it was this morning maybe, Ray Ramirez, the trainer of the Mets, is not coming back. You hear this, Ant? I was so happy. I've never been more happy yes. about a more yes. minuscule name. Yes. Anybody. Anybody but this guy. I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. Thank God he's gone. Okay? The trainer. Yeah. Met fans blame the injuries on the trainer. That's what we do here. That's how Met fans are. And I'm a proud Met fan. And I'm blaming Ray Ramirez. To be fair, though, it's it, I, I didn't bl- like I wouldn't have blamed him this year for the injuries if it wasn't like he's been here for 10 years and we've had multiple seasons derailed by just a ton no. of injuries. Got to get people healthy. You got to keep the athletes healthy, healthy. And a lot of that comes with off-season type of training regiments. And a lot of these guys have to do what the team wants them to do. So you need to have the right trainer. That's why trainers are important. You know, I can guarantee you from a WWE perspective, I bet you dollars to donuts at NXT at their training center, the strength and conditioning coach, that Triple H hired, I don't know who he is, I don't care, it don't matter. I guarantee you Homeboy is qualified and has credibility and it has a real resume uh, because Triple H understands the value of weight training uh, conditioning, speed, and strength uh, for a wrestler's not just his he or her's performance, but for he or her's longevity. Okay, so uh, that I, I guarantee you, he hired a legitimate strength coach. You know, so um, um, but anyway, that that that's the thing you need. So I'm happy that Ramirez is gone from the Mets. To be honest with you, very happy about that. Uh, so. Anyway, so the Yankees, uh, we'll see what happens with them. But, I mean, it seemed like not too long ago where everybody had the Yankees that they weren't going to win nothing. <clears throat> and, um, you know, it was, it was they're a young team. They're rebuilding this year. They're not going to do anything. And good for the Yankees. They, they Girardi and his club uh, and the Yankee organization, the front office, they kicked ass. They took names. They, st- they stayed the cost all year. And, and they've earned it. They didn't take any shortcuts. Um, and I'm happy for them. Good for them. Uh, just please, Yankee fans, don't don't act like an asshole. And if you're gonna come at me on Twitter, I, I'm not a Yankee hater, so don't, I'm not one of those Mets fans that hates Yankees. So don't 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 just don't 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 look for a fight with me. Don't pick a fight with me. I, I'm I'm not in the mood. Really, just I won't be in the mood next week, tomorrow, or the week after that. Don't. And I hope you guys stay around that long. Hopefully, the Indians don't knock you out. And I don't think they will. I think you're gonna win. You gotta win those two games at home, Dennis. It's gotta be done. I'm just telling you that. Got to win those two games at home. I'd like to steal one game in Cleveland if they could, and then, mm-hmm. uh, and then, yeah, like you said, you got to take care of business in the Bronx. Before I wrap up the chat on the Yankees and we move on to wrestling talk, um, <clears throat> I think uh, there was a. Uh, I know I saw it. It was disturbing. Um, Sanchez catcher, uh, Dirty Sanchez Jones of the Yankees, got hit extremely hard in the yambag area let's be honest he got hit right in his nuts okay uh dick shot jones it was bad and um so now leave that up there let's go back to the other one let's just see this so those looking at the video see the trajectory of the ball okay i don't know why the catcher has his eyes closed he has his eyes closed right now if you're watching the video his glove is nowhere near where that ball is going to be and that ball 
goes under the glove and hits him in the ball bag. Okay. And good Lord, it, I have never seen a catcher get hit with just a straight pitch in the balls like this in my life. It was unbelievable. He did not move his glove. I don't know what happened. His eyes are closed, sir. His eyes are closed. Now, the next shot, I'm breaking down the analyzing of the, the Yambeck shot. This is him selling. This guy sold, and the pitcher, you'll see in a second, Robinson, they both sold this ball shot more than I sold in a 17-year a, a career. Look at this guy, Robinson, the pitcher, grabbing his, his nuts, and he's like, oh, shit, you got in the balls. Like, it's hysterical. Look at him. This, these pitches are hilarious. This guy's selling more than I did my whole wrestling career. I wish I could sell like Robinson. <laughs> I wish. I, I couldn't sell a lick. This guy's 10 times better than me. He's puking in his glove. <laughs> <laughs> it's hysterical. And uh, what I, I love about this guy, Robinson, it just shows there's no stress on him. This young guy, he's pitching this gigantic game, and he's just loose. I mean, I mean, he feels bad for his teammate, obviously. He's the one who threw the ball. But this is the equivalent to just imagine if Sanchez just stood behind the plate, took his glove, took his mask, took his chest protector, threw it to the side, and said, hey, Mr. Robinson, I'm going to spread my legs at home plate on the dish, as they call it, and you just throw the ball, sir, as hard as you can at my man. Just throw it right at me. Bring it. That's what this was like. Because he didn't even, nothing touched the ball, correct? Nothing. I think it was a foul tip, like a very slight one, and that's what affected the... Oh, excuses. Here we go. Sanchez I mean, so no, there's no excuse. He got hit. He got hit right in the plums, man. That sniper just yeah. from center field, just boom, and he went down. That's just grapefruit rattling Jones uh, right there. And every every guy watching oh. is just, oh, oh. Every guy did the David Robertson, just, and it's like every guy's like wife or girlfriend's like, what does that feel like? And you're like, uh, it fucking hurts. Let me um, light you on fire. Yeah, it's like brutal. Oh, Lordy B, it was a shot and a half. Man, I... <laughs> Dude, it's like, go ahead. Just take your glove. Get, tell the batter to get out of the box. I thought you guys at the box was already. And, uh, you know, and just I'll stand there. You just, uh, hey, I'm Sanchez, Dirty Jones, open the legs. Just throw it, Robinson. Just throw it right in my, just throw it right in my handbag as hard as you can. That's what this was like. It was unbelievable. There's got to be guys, gifs, mims, mimes everywhere about this. There has to be. I, I need one for the show. I need one. I, I definitely need one. Um, anyway, so that's the deal. So uh, we're going to go to break here in a second. And when we come back from break, let me tell you what's going to happen. We're going to talk a little SmackDown live action. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we're going to get into uh, basically there's some, things that, there's some things that like for example, the Usos, they cut this great promo. I'm going to tell you how this promo could have been even better. Okay? Cash show, sit tight. Also, going to talk about Kevin Owens. Uh, a lot of stuff on SmackDown to talk about as they get ready for Hell in a Cell. Cash show, sit tight. A new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Okay, welcome back on the Taz Show with segment two right now. Here we go on this Wednesday edition. Going to talk some SmackDown. Uh, SmackDown Live, going to get to that in a second here. Uh, first, I would like to mention, 
for those that aren't aware, uh, you know, we lost a legend in the world of wrestling yesterday. Uh, the great Lance Russell, uh, the great play-by-play man for so many years of Memphis wrestling, the voice of Memphis wrestling, uh, lost his life, uh, left us uh, at 91 years old. Uh, so the man lived a long life, uh, a successful life, and I, I never really had known the man. I, I was only in Memphis for a short time when I was there. All I've heard was so many positive things about this man, the type of guy he was. I know as a broadcaster, he was just phenomenal. He made so many talents, stars, and there's been so many great ones that have been through the doors of Memphis Wrestling. And this guy was a big part of their success. Like any other wrestling promotion from back in the day to now, a great play-by-play guy will make the talent. You know, you need it. Not the color commentator, the play-by-play guy. And, um, you know, uh, all the great wrestlers, a lot of the great wrestlers will tell you that. I know for me personally, if there was no Joey Styles, I would not have had the success I had in ECW. He 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 got me over. I think if you ask Stone Cold Steve Austin, he'd say the same thing about Jim Ross. You know, it, it, it's um, Lance Russell. I bet you if you talk to Jerry the King Lawler or a bunch of other talents that that were wrestlers that were in Memphis, they would tell you the same about Lance. This guy was amazing. This guy was great. Definitely in that top three to five of greatest play-by-play guys of all time, and and kind of underrated because he he. He worked for a regional promotion, and that's not a knock. That's just how it was back then. That's how Memphis was back then. Um, there were so many territories, regional promotions, and, and this guy here, this man was amazing. Great, great play-by-play guy. So uh, during this difficult time, I want to send my, my, uh, my prayers and my condolences to, to Lance Russell's family and his fan base. So um, definitely amazing, amazing uh, play-by-play uh, announcer uh, in the world of wrestling and the success of Memphis. I think a lot of it was to do with Lance Russell. He was great. Can't say enough things about him from a fan perspective because, like I said, I really didn't know the man personally, you know, so I can't speak on that. Um, so, anyway, on with it upward. Let me, get into, uh, let me get into some SmackDown talk here. So I talked a little bit about, <clears throat> not to go in order, you know, a lot of times I don't go in order of what I saw on a show, so. I kind of just talk about it, and and um, the thing is for me here, uh, one of the things that stuck out besides the Kevin Owens stuff with Shane McMahon at the end, which I thought was pretty cool, I'll get into that in a, in a few seconds here, in a little bit, a few minutes actually. Usos, Usos, their promo last night uh, before the new day came out was awesome. Okay, now we've seen flashes of this where they let the Usos go and kind of do their thing and. Let them kind of riff and freestyle, in essence, on a promo with a real urban hip-hop type feel. It feels young. It feels aggressive. It feels tough. It feels cool, you know? And, and I, I, you know, I dig it. And, and I'm not a kid. I'm a guy pushing 50. And I think it's badass. I love it. You know, I think it's great. I, I'm a big fan of these guys. I think they're good for wrestling uh, because of their ability, their, 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 their physicality as wrestlers. Uh, and that they're 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 kind of they're they're in their own lane. They're not hacking no one. They're they're being being themselves. Now some would say, well, wait, they do the super kick. They do the super kick, you know. And the young bucks do super kicks. Well, listen, <clears throat> there were many before the young bucks that did a lot of super kicks. So <laughs> I will say, and I will admit, yes, the young bucks definitely made the super kick party gimmick. They made it kind of popular for sure. Just like there were many guys who threw suplexes before me, but 
you know, uh, super kick, that type of move. That's like saying, well, this guy's hacking the clothesline from that guy. Eh, clothesline's a tough move to say you're hacking. You know, um, same with a super kick. I think there's been a lot of really good super kicks. But And the Usos do great super kicks. Let's be honest. I think I think actually, I think the Young Bucks actually admitted that this the, the Usos do excellent super kicks. But this is not about super kicks. This is about how do you, Taz, if you are there in WWE, how are you going to make that promo, which was awesome, by the Usos, much better? As I'm watching the Usos, and I'm watching them, I'm looking at the way they dress, the way they act, their vernacular, their, their cadence in their talking, um, uh, their twins, obviously. Everything about it, I'm like, this is all really good. WWE just letting them do their thing. But there's one thing missing. And that the thing is that these guys are different than everyone, but you're not making them look different. Well, what does that mean? How do you do that? Very simple. It's not about what they're wearing in the ring, not about their wardrobe or their gimmick. Not, not, that's not the problem. Lighting treatment, man. Do something for these guys with the lighting, man. Make it darker. Make it something. I don't, I don't know. Make a, not a strobe light, but some kind of a flashing. Some kind, make it almost like, this is going to sound corny, and this is not the idea. But like, um, you know, at night, many of us have seen like police car lights or f- fire truck lights. You know how that light just keeps going and going like that. In the beginning of Raw back in the day, they used to have that, a siren going. And I'm not saying they have a siren going. I'm saying lighting. Make it darker. Make it a little more sinister. You know, not like the Bray Wyatt stuff. That That's over the top. I'm not, And that works for Bray. I'm not saying that for the Usos. Some kind of a lighting treatment would make this and these promos by these guys feel so much better. I have no problem with them being in the middle of the ring doing it, too. I like that WWE has them in the ring. And they don't have them, like, you know, on some urban street corner, you know, at night or at a bodega or something like that, where they're characters that would fit, obviously. I, I, I'm I, not saying do that. That, that too, could be corny. You know, I'm saying do something with the lighting. Just make it darker. Make them look different. You know why, guys? Because they are different. They feel different. They perform different. They look different. They act different. They sound different. Give us some lighting so we really feel that ambiance that it is different. You know what I mean? Lighting in TV is a huge thing. Huge, 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 huge important thing. And the money that goes into lighting is insane by TV production companies and movies and and, and whatnot because it's vital. It's extremely vital. And WWE knows that, and WWE spares no expense with lighting. And I'm not accusing them of that. They're, they're definitely, I just think that they're just letting them go out there and cut their promo and treating them like everybody else when they're cutting their promo. I, I don't think you should do that. You got to do something different for these guys. And I'm not saying, like I said, don't make it a blackout where everything's black in the building. You do a spotlight over the ring. I'm not saying make it a blackout with a spotlight. Do something. Make it a little darker in that building. Put some kind of a red light on them or something that's kind of like just flashing a little bit. Not that it's obvious either. Just something, something. Just Dennis, you feel me on this with these guys? Did you see the promo? I didn't see the promo, but I like what you're saying. And when you're talking about, like the Usos keeps talking about the Uso penitentiary. So you could do mm. something like, uh, I, I, I don't know why my mind went to this, but like Shawshank, how it was like this old school prison. And they just had like, I mean, you said don't do a spotlight, but I'm thinking like one giant like well, old school. I know, what you're, I know what you're talking about. Dude, they could do a spotlight. I'm saying don't do a spotlight, but when I say a spotlight, I mean over the top of them. 
But you could do, I think, what you're saying without even knowing what you're saying, but what you're saying is actually good, but you don't know it. How about that? Makes That's sense. a first. Oh. What? What did he say? Um, <laughs> I'm saying like a spotlight. I mean, what you're saying, it kind of seems like you're saying a spotlight that hits them like from the side as opposed to on, over their heads. Yeah, like right? like follow like follow them at an angle. Yeah, that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, that idea is – I like your idea. And I have no problem with that. Uh, so like you would see like if there's a, a, a prison break and like you see exactly. like there's that at, at nighttime and there's that light that that searches around the uh, the prison yards looking for who escaped. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good idea, Dennis. Oh, the Dennis Jones. Now to see who the business. All rise. It sucks because <laughs> there's going to be an awesome screenshot. The the Skype froze. <laughs> it's just you smiling like. And you're, and you're like this. You know, it's horrible. Uh, mine, mine, Guyf Jones. So I, I, that's what I would do as far as the Usos. I mean, I got to tell you, I hate to be uh, a killjoy on the, the New Day party, but Lordy B, when their music hit, you heard uh, Big E go, whoa, whatever he says. <laughs> the people in the building didn't seem like over the top happy unless I heard it wrong. I'm just telling you people, like, even though the Usos are heels, they wanted to keep hearing what these guys were saying. They wanted them to finish their promo, and they didn't want them to get interrupted by the new day. It was, new day. It was almost like a flat just – it just didn't feel right when the new day, new day came out. It just didn't feel right at all. It just – like, you know, I know they're in this long rivalry, and they're, gonna, they're locking it up at the Hell in a Cell on Sunday. I get it. But it just – I forgot all about the new day. I just was – I was just into the promo. I was into the Usos. And then when they came out, I'm like, ooh. No diss on those guys. It sounds like a diss, but I don't mean it to be a diss. But it just, you know. By the way, side note, Jones, I'm getting word from uh, the uh, producers, not my producers, the other ones, Dennis. We have to uh, apparently end the show at like uh, 9.30 a.m. Eastern today. Is that true? See, they were they were very smart, and they knew you were in the rage cave. So they are mm. like, oh, we'll book time. We'll book it early because, you know, Taz isn't here. Because everybody, you walk around with fear around these oh, yeah. parts. So I'm when around, bro. That's right. You're damn fucking right I walk around. I, around that office, I will whoop somebody's ass. They know that. Oh, the, people tread lightly. They walk right by our studio and don't even stop. Now people are banging on the doors on me. They're laughing at me. Wait a minute. They're actually making eye contact? Because usually there's no eye contact either. I'm getting ridiculed over here. Bang on the door. Hey, Chubby, get out of there. That kind of stuff. You got another Beck? <laughs> Keep shoving it down your gullet, Chubbo. <laughs> yeah, I have feelings, right. people. Yes, he does have feelings. He might not look it, but he does. So, yeah, they're saying 930. That's the scuttlebutt I'm getting. I'm getting texts. I'm getting notifications. Mr. Pimento uh, is pissed because he don't want me to end the show early. Earn your money. I paid a guy a lot of money. Get out there, Mark. But we have to. We're gonna end a little early. Not now, but we're gonna end a little while. I still have plenty of time to get into some SmackDown chatter. Um, but I, the USO thing is something that jumped out to me. I wanted to tell you people about and just give you my thoughts on it's a lighting thing. I'm not reinventing the wheel with that. I just feel like that's a that, that would be really really cool. I really do. Uh, I think that would really help the characters even more. Um, you know, I do. Um, you know, I thought it was an odd way. I got to be honest with you. The way they started SmackDown last night because they started with. Renee Young in the ring, uh, 
for the most part, with a Nakamura promo. And I got to tell you, um, as a New Yorker, I'm thinking, well, I want to kind of flip and watch the beginning of the Yankee game um, against the Twins. But it's like I'm going to watch SmackDown. But now I'm seeing this great Japanese wrestler who is doesn't speak really great English cutting a promo when Renee says, well, what about the, the, the controversial stuff that uh, Jinder said about you? And he said, sticks and stones may break my bones. But he used that line. Now, Dennis, I'm sure you didn't see this because you were watching the end game. And Anthony, you didn't see it either, right? I did not, correct. And you didn't see it either? I missed the bits and pieces of SmackDown, so I have to fill myself in. Like, I missed the Usos thing. I'm very disappointed. Damn the Skype freezing. All right. There we go. Anthony, you just said you're going to fill yourself in? Well, no, no, I mean, I mean, like, I have to, like, you know, I have to go and rewatch SmackDown because I missed a bunch of it. No, but you said... Like, I, I didn't even know the Usos did a promo last night. No, but you, sir, you said you're going to fill yourself in. Yeah, I would love to see some nipples. <laughs> ha ha ha! <laughs> I don't think he understood it. I don't think... I it, did. Like, what the man said, the young man, I'm going to fill myself in. That's just... Awkward and disturbing. I don't even know what that is. How is that? I don't, disgusting, to be honest. I'm very happy with semen. Okay. So anyway, Jesus Christ. So anyway, all right. So like I was saying, um, <laughs> ruthless. This this show is ruthless. It really is. All right. So Nakamura cutting the promo, but basically let you guys know what he said. I mean, to my producers. They had him say, sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never harm me, or whatever the little kid's saying. I was shocked. Like, this is how we're starting the, the SmackDown? We're having this great competitor who might be your new champion, and he's damn well good enough to be your champion. Uh, say, sticks and stones? Like, at the top, as you're competing against the Yankee game in ratings? Now... Maybe I'm exaggeratingly wrong on the ratings with the Yankee game because, you know, you would think the New York market and the Minnesota, that Twin Cities area, that that market are both glued into the baseball game. You know, uh, if they're wrestling fans, I would think if they are Yankee fans or baseball fans in New York or the tri-state area, along with being twin. Now, those are big areas, the, the, the tri-state area and the Twin Cities. That, that Those are two big areas of the United States. So I would think that could affect their ratings a little bit. I just was surprised that Nakamura let him do what he does so, does so well and, and let him just eat somebody up in the rings. If you want to start with Nak, I got no problem with that. I love Nakamura. I'm off for the guy. But let him kick somebody's ass, then talk to him. Then talk to him. Don't let him just come out and do a promo segment. I mean, all right, maybe they're thinking that his entrance is enough to, to grab people. Maybe that's what it was. Could be. I don't know. Then the Singh brothers came out, and they got into it with him, and then they announced that that here comes Jinder Mahal. And it was a simple but very effective thing WWE did where Jinder attacked uh, Nakamura in the ring from behind. You know, Nakamura was looking at the entranceway, and they do this a lot, and it's real simple to do, but it, it works. And Nakamura, a big heat attack on Nakamura. Uh, Nakamura made a little comeback in it. He didn't just get beat up. He beat up the Sings a little bit too, and then it was just too much. The numbers game caught up. 
big heat on uh, Nakamura. I thought it was good. I have no problem with the way they go into that, uh, with their, going into their, their, their gimmick on Sunday. You know what I mean? Um, you know, uh, also, you know, I'm going to go to break because we have to go to break now anyway. On the other side, I'm going to talk about the tag team match with Charlotte and Becky Lynch versus Carmella and Natalia. Uh, interesting uh, interesting finish to this thing I want to discuss. Also, I want to talk about Bobby Roode a little bit. Um, we'll talk about that. Jeez, uh, what else we got? Uh, Ty Dillinger. We're going to talk about Ty Dillinger a little bit against Baron Corbin. And, of course, we're going to talk about Shane McMahon and Kevin Owens and what they did in the SmackDown. That show, sit tight, guys. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right, guys. All right. I'm going to get into some more SmackDown chatter here, full throttle. But first, I want to let you guys know and remind you that's NFL season. You guys know this. Football. Full throttle. NFL full throttle. My Bills are in first place in the AFC East. End of the season now. I'm good with that. But here's the key to the NFL and CBS. Don't miss a second of NFL on CBS. Stream your live local games week on CBS All Access. That's right. Your local NFL on CBS games are streaming live on CBS All Access. Check it out, man. Something free for you. Start your free trial right now at cbs.com slash NFL. That's cbs.com slash NFL. CBS All Access. Yo, check this out. It also includes number one hit shows, classics, movies, and original series like Star Trek Discovery. So anytime, anywhere, you can jump on the CBS All Access. You can also stream your live local CBS broadcast for news, special events, and other sporting events, and much more. So please, start your free trial now at cbs.com slash NFL at cbs.com slash NFL. Ha! Yeah! Here we go. So, uh, one hour down. Half hour to go, as they say. Um, I'm uh, told I need to be done by 9.30 a.m. Eastern, uh, cutting the show short. Not my fault this time. Tomorrow will be my fault, because tomorrow will be a one-hour show. And then Friday will be the, uh, before I get into talking about SmackDown a little more, and please fly up the graphic for the prediction, not predication, the prediction podcast on Hell in a Cell that I am doing, sir. Uh, and that will be on Friday. This will drop for you people, okay? Uh, you can check this. It'll drop right in your uh, podcast, wherever you get your podcast, wherever you pull in the Taz show. Uh, you, there it is right there, Hell in a Cell Prediction Podcast. And this is, a, this is not video. This will just be yours truly. Pretty self-explanatory. And um, so make sure you check it out this Friday. You'll get it just like you get all your regular Taz show stuff in regards to when you get your podcast version of my show every day. No matter where you do it at uh, Spotify or TuneIn or iTunes or on the Radio.com app, whatever it is you do. So check that out. Beware for that. No live show Friday, but you'll get a podcast. You will get content from yours truly. I bring the wood because I'm not a douche. Okay? So that's the deal. Now back to SmackDown. All right. So, um, okay. So I talked about Nakamura. I did that. I talked about the Usos. I did that. Um, Charlotte Becky versus Carmella uh, and Natalia. Now, I... 
Natalia made Charlotte tap out via the sharpshooter. I'm jumping right ahead into the finish. Now, did I like the match? Yes. I thought all four girls worked well. They, they're all really good workers. I'm really happy about Carmella because this is a girl that I thought had so much potential. When I saw her with Enzo and Cass, remember, people don't remember that. And NXT, she was, she was with, you know, with those guys forever. You know, and then and then they came into WWE uh, full throttle, big push, and then Carmella, Carmella, she came in alone uh, a little bit after that. I think it was uh, not 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 right after that, a little bit after that, and you know she was trying to find who she was, and now they had her as a babyface. Now I'm the one saying, uh, guys, make her a heel. I think that might be good. You two producers remember this, and and then they just completely. Made her a heel, and someone like, oh, my God, Taz, you were right. I recall. Thanks. So uh, Carmella stays in that wheelhouse of heel. Say that ten times. Um, and she does a great job of it, as does Natalia. She's, she's the champion, and she does her heel thing very well for a lot of years. Now, I never have a problem with the champion winning. I really don't. And, I, and, and you know, but I got to tell you, I, I really think Charlotte tapping out just doesn't work for me. I just, who she is, her style, not just her ability, her size, and and how she she does look different than all the other girls. Um, I just, I don't, when, when she was caught in that sharpshooter, I'm like, oh, no, please don't have this girl tap. And look, I'm exaggerating a little bit. I'm not saying this is, I could have ruined, <laughs> ruined Charlotte's career by any stretch. I'm not saying that. I'm not even implying that. I just don't think that it was the right thing to do having her tap out you know i just don't i just for me it just seemed odd to me um becky i could see tapping out it's not that it's not that charlotte's better than becky they're different styles you know i think becky kind of has that little bit more of a fun loving she's she's in for let's have a great time and everybody have fun i'm gonna kick your ass and um red fire whatever they call it, fire hot what does she say Fire Jones, what's it called? I am not familiar with what you're talking about right now. Oh, that's nice. What's it called? Fire, uh... Yeah. I... Straight Fire. There it is. And no one even told me. It just hit me. It's called Straight Fire. She says, <laughs> Straight Fire! Because she's Redhead Jones, like you. So, Ginger. Ginger. Anyway, I digress on the, on the Ginger stuff. So, here's the thing. I think the characters are different where Charlotte's a little bit more of a athletic, tough, nasty, you know, she can get to her, her legacy, obviously, from her dad. I mean, so having her, like, tap, ugh, I'm just on a SmackDown before Hell in a Cell. Ugh. Becky, I think it's a little bit different. Um, and I'm not going to give predictions on what I think and how this affects Hell in a Cell because that'll be on Friday's show of my show, on the podcast version of the show, as we just promoted. I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking it. I could be. I just, I just, I don't know. I, I, to me, a, a tap out is a lot different than getting pinned, obviously. You know, when you tap out or you say, I give up, that's uncle, right? So that means you, you've exhausted all ways to escape this hole. I overthink tap outs. I overthink submissions when you give up. And, and when you tap out, that means you give up. So I do overthink that. And it's important to me. So I do think you got to be careful 
with certain types of talent that you have to tap out. Charlotte, in my opinion, is one of those talents. So I just wanted to talk about that a little bit. I, I like the match. Don't get me wrong. I thought it was good. Uh, we also saw a long history package between Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon, which I thought was very good. Uh, it, it brought people up to speed. They went back to talking smack stuff or when Kevin Owens was on Raw and how he felt like you know he wasn't one of the favorites of Daniel Bryan and uh, Shane McMahon. They really did a good job on this history package for those that are new to the story. Look, man, they're doing a great job with the whole Kevin Owens, Shane McMahon thing. I mean, they are invested in the story to the fact of, look what they did. They even, Vince McMahon himself, bled, got beat up at his age by Kevin Owens. So they're trying to pile a plethora of heat in, on Kevin and make this match at Hell in a Cell with Shane and Kevin be epic. And they, epic is not an overused word in this uh, vernacular here. That's a shoot, I'm telling you. And I'll get into that a little bit more, Kevin Owens and, and Shane the second. Ty Dillinger wrestled Baron Corbin. Now, Dennis, I'm, I know you didn't see this, but uh, you'd probably be a little happy because, hey, upset victory for Ty Dillinger right here with a small package. I was I was doing the research for the for the show today, and I saw that he uh, that he rolled up Baron Corbin small package for a, a clean victory. Congrats to did, Ty. Did not hurt Corbin at all. It does not hurt him at all. He's that type of heel that can get pissed off. He's really good at keeping his heat. I have no problem with this. I'm happy for Ty Dillinger. This is one of those losses for Corbin that can help him and one of those wins that Dillinger needs. So I think it was good. I'm I'm totally down with it. I'm totally cool with it. Uh, Randy Orton beat Aiden English pretty quick because, you know, uh, the whole stuff with Rusev Day and Aiden English's buddies with uh, Rusev now because he sang the gimmick. And then Randy Orton, you know, it was kind of like, uh, you kind of expected it. But wasn't much, for me, wasn't much there. I mean, I'm a fan of Randy Orton, I, and I like Rusev too. I think it's all good, but and, and I like Aiden English. Uh, I would like this match to be like a little longer. I know why they didn't. I know why they couldn't. But they did put a lot of time into the Shane McMahon, Kevin Owens stuff at the end of the show for those that didn't see it. And they did something really cool, really simple, smart thing here. How do you keep the heat on the heel? Kevin Owens is one of those heels in the company that is – I've talked about him before about this. Kevin is not looking to be Joe Cool. Kevin is not looking to be, well, he's a heel. I'm a heel, but I want people to like me on the internet. I I, I want the hardcore fans to still think I'm cool. Like he, he doesn't give a shit about that. He stays in his real house of being a heel. Uh, he really does. And I like what they did, the writing where Shane comes out and is going to do a face. They, they promoted a face-to-face -face with Kevin Owens. They didn't give you a face-to-face -face because Kevin Owens was in the audience and wouldn't get in the ring, which is just great heat. He keeps that distance, you know, from Shane, which is great heat. Shane even said, dude, there's supposed to be a face-to-face. -face. You basically get your ass in the ring. But Kevin was in the audience. It's really good heat for Kevin Owens. Trust me, that separation is vital. Okay, um, but they didn't rip you off on the face-to-face -face because they gave you a lot more than the face-to-face. -face. They went a little nuts here. Shane went after him up into like the concession area of the uh, the back uh, of the where the fans, you know, concession bathroom Jones, whatever you call that area, the deck bowl, whatever it's called in the arenas, and uh, they got to a fight by the gimmick table, as we call it. Old school wrestlers know what that is. Uh, the, by where you sell the merchandise. And they got to a fight there, and Shane ends up getting powerbombed through a table by Kevin Owens. Um, it was good. It was good heat. I, I would have done some things a little different with this. I would have had some 
they made it look too empty. It, it didn't look like they were fighting amongst fans. You could see security was making a big hole to keep no one near that area. I, I didn't think that was good. I think they should have had some people walking around like you would see during a show by the concession stands or the gimmick tables or the bathrooms. You know, I do think they should have had some some people as props walking around, extras as they would call it in the TV biz, and walking around. I do think they should have done that, and they didn't do that. That would have helped it a little bit. Instead, they kept all of the legitimate fans uh, that weren't part of the show behind security or a wall or something because you could see it a little bit. I couldn't really tell on my TV what was going on. But there was really not a lot of people nowhere floating around. It's a big-ass building there in Denver, and you would think there'd be people walking around back there. It, it makes it feel more authentic, more real, you know, and they didn't do that. that. That's the only thing that I would do different with it. The physicality was great. These guys looked like they were in a shoot, and it looked good, meaning Shane and Kevin. I liked it. Um, Kevin left with his heat um, for the most part out of there, and then Shane McMahon started making his way back down uh, towards – because what happened was Kevin Owens went back in the ring – started cutting a promo, whatever he was doing, and here comes Shane limping and selling down and more physicality. You know, so they're going heavy heat here with Kevin Owens. I mean, they're, they're, I, I, oh, one thing I forgot to mention. I apologize. There's a new stip now that Shane McMahon put in for him, basically for himself, he said. It was pretty cool the way he said it. Uh, false count anywhere, basically, in Hell in a Cell, which is kind of like a little funky if you think about it. Like, you have a Hell in a Cell because, you know, you're supposed to keep the guys in the cage, in the double cage. I know it's not a cage. It's a cell, whatever. I get yelled at once for that. It's not a cage, damn it. It's a cell. Oh, I see a roof. That's metal fence. Inside, is that a metal fence? It's a cage. not a cage. It's a cell. You're fired. It's not a cage. It's a cell. No problem. <laughs> it was tough, Dennis. It was tough. Yeah. Not a cage. Oh, I don't know. It looks like a cage. It's a cell. <laughs> All right. Cage, cell. I cell. Might be, I might be exaggerating that way the conversation went a little bit, but you, you guys, you get my drift. So I called it a cage once. He's like, damn it, it's not a cage. It's a cell. And of course, in my mind, it's a cell. Oh, like, you know, I just, you know, lose. <laughs> so, um, Anyway, uh, yeah, so they're saying false count anywhere, which is weird, right? I mean, you know, I don't know. It sounds like someone's going to do a crazy, dangerous high spot off the top of a cell, and someone's going to lose the match, I guess, um, on the outside of the cell. That's what it sounds like. Uh, but I'll get into that in the prediction podcast. I have some thoughts and opinions on that to see how that goes. I just hope those guys are safe because Shane can get a little crazy, so – um, you know, so we'll see. I I got to tell you the truth. I do think Hell in a Cell is a, a, a kind of a must see right now for me. I'm I'm really looking forward to watching it. Uh, so um, you know, we'll see. Uh, very we you know we did not get into a lot of calls today. I was busy chatting up a lot of stuff, and we're gonna end a little early. But I I, I want to go to Port St. Lucie, Florida here, and talk to Trevon real quick. Uh, hey, you're on the Taz show. What's up there, house? Hey, what's going on, Taz? How's everything going? How are you? But am I saying your name right? Trevon? Tre- Trevon? How am I saying it? Uh, yeah, it's Trevon or Trey. I called him before under Trey. Okay, Trey. What's up, bro? Talk to me. Not much, man. I do want to just like add on to what you said is Hell in the Cell is a must-see as of right now for me. Uh, I think they did an awesome job at like leading up to 
you know, the rivalry between Kevin Owens and Shane. Yes, I agree with you. And then, yeah, absolutely. And then also, uh, I was actually watching some old, um, you know, WWE Network, and I was watching some old ECW, and then my thought was, you know, what the hell were they doing in 2006, like, <laughs> when they oh. brought ECW, and, like, what, do, what are your thoughts on that? Like, and what was your opinion on, you know, the whole revamp of ECW? Oh, you're talking about when we in WWE, I know I was there, and Joey Styles and yeah. I were the commentators? Yeah, I know, Trey. Like, well, uh run at first, and then it just fell flat <laughs> in his face. They changed the title, uh, all the originals left. And I know. That's kind of where I stopped watching WWE for a little while, too. <laughs> Trade history. And they tried to... Thank you for Trey. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, the, the thing is, you can't, you can't, you can't recreate history in your own vision. It's very, you know, that's a tough thing to do, and that didn't work. The rebirth of ECW did not work at all. Um, it kind of sucked. Well, not kind of. It did. So, um, you, you, you know, they tried to recreate it, which you should never touch or do with something that was excellent. And then they tried to recreate it in their own vision. Now, Starcade, they're going to do this at a house show, as we get, we know. WWE has a live event. And, uh, you know, I hope they put it on WWE Network. I remember Mike Johnson said it on my show here, and I think that was the first time I heard maybe they should do that. I thought Mike had a good idea with that. But, um, see, I don't hack. I give people credit where Mike doesn't do that. You notice that, Dennis? I've noticed that Mike has a knack for just uh, regurgitating what you say and being like, and then when you're like, hey, you know, uh, I just did that. He's like, well, you did? He's like, I'm not sure about that. Liar Jones. That's what he does. You're right. Just lying like a rug. So um, I, I got thrown off by Mike. I got angry now. I forgot my train of thought. But um, what was my point? What was I saying? Uh, the, the rebirth of ECW. It doesn't work. The rebirth of it sucked. Let's be honest. Everybody knows that. It was horrible. You know, initially, I, I talked about this a long time ago. They wanted to do a deal where... Like, I know when Joey Styles and I, I think we were in, like, Trenton, New Jersey. That's what we were doing. It was live. And Joey and I were going to be the, the announce team on it, which would be a natural fit, you would think, right? And I think that that wasn't the problem. Uh, um, but the announce table, I remember, it was like we were going to use the regular table with all the wiring that you could see. Everything was exposed and all. And then they we did it, like, one show, I think, like that. I can't remember. And then they canned it. They wanted to look more polished and Right there, as simple as that, I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're already doing it, redoing it in their vision. And we had zombies coming in wrestling and all this other stupid shit. I was not a fan. Uh, things you will not hear on Dancing with the Table on WWE Network or whatever that show's called that they attempt to shoot on, but they're not shooting. Um, and that's the deal. So I am being told I have to uh, wrap up as the hand signal goes in the business. Um, so, uh, we're ending a little early here, uh, have to, because they studio, and uh, I'll be back tomorrow, another Taz show, a one hour express edition of Taz show, probably talk some Lucha Underground, I would think, and, uh, a little NFL chatter, a little college football chatter tomorrow, maybe some NXT, if I, if I get a chance to watch it, thanks everybody who, uh, joined in on the show here, jumped in and, uh, watched the show, listened, I appreciate you. Share the show, spread it, guys. Love you. I'm passionate out. See you. Back then, when I was only worried about my top friends, now my circle is getting smaller. All these people acting fake, man. 
And to be honest, I don't even have a top 10. Me against the world, I've been doing what I really love. Haters been hiding behind the screen, man, they movie cuts. And when I'm back at home, it never feels the same. Cause we've been doing our own thing, trying to stay up. I wanna go back to days with no grades. We ordered the kids meal, play ball, that's all day now. I'm stuck looking at this Instagram page, but these likes on my picture don't result in getting paid now. I've been wondering where the party at, cause all of my concerns got me wondering where they got the Bacardi at. So go and pour another drink just to get away. We gotta live it up, Carolina here to stay.